0: I'm happy to have on the show today John Arnott. He's the managing partner at AI Architects. They bring AI to enterprise. And we were just talking about a project where there was a major turnover in leadership and what you had to do with your team to overcome that.
1: Yeah, they there was a situation where we were building a an enterprise system for a client. And this was going to be deployed to hundreds of external users, as well as uh, dozens of internal users. And this system integrated many other systems, ERP systems, portal, and had much, a lot of custom development. And the whole project was spearheaded by the CFO. She was uh, a forward thinking CFO, had a really strong background in systems and had a vision for where this could go. The challenge was she also reported to a board and the board was they weren't completely on board with this from the beginning, but she was good and they let her, her lead this project. And so what we did is we built this system. We had a team that did the integration to the ERP system. We had a team that rolled out the portal. And as things were going along, we had some people issues. The thing about systems projects is sometimes we, we focus on technology and forget that everything we do involves people. And people are the most important part of every system, no matter how technically superior it is, people are at the heart of it. And this was no different. So issue number one was we lost our project manager. So our project manager who was leading this, who was doing an amazing job. He decided to go down a different path. And so we were able to backfill that. I actually took on some project management responsibilities and brought someone else on. But things got really tricky at the client. See, because for a system like this to be successful, The client has to have people that are, have a vested interest in its success and that are actively involved. The trouble was during this project, they were getting new skills in project management, skills in a technology stack. And this, in this case, it was .NET development uh, skills in the ERP system. And as they got those skills, they got other jobs. So the client's team started to fall apart and the, it hit its head when their CIO Chief Information Officer decided to move on. So essentially, all the con- key contributors from the client disappeared from the project. We still had our core team and we still were, were, were running it. And they still had their CFO who was doing a great job of leading things, but we had to jump in, bring in additional resources. Then, when we got to about ooh, a couple of months before Go Live, the CFO resigned. She moved to another position. So she was the key stakeholder. She was our champion. She was the one leading the way. And after that happened, the board, they got a voice. Once she was gone, they were a little bit more vocal about where they saw things going. And so the way we handled this was just by doing really good work and taking on the roles that this client was supposed to do. The most important one being internal training. So what we did is we put together a training program. And then we doubled down on documentation. We built much more extensive documentation that we had originally planned on doing, the idea being that anyone could take over this project and could continue moving it forward. And fortunately for us, even though we lost our champion and some key contributors to this project, we had all the pieces in place for it to be successful. And those that did take it over had the documentation that was needed. And those that did take it over. Their team were trained on this system. And ultimately, it did go live and it was uh, a success. But all along the way, in this long project, we had to deal with changes in personnel, changes in team, and ultimately at the end, changes in what we were going to deliver to make it successful.
0: In business, you always need a lot of adaptability because you never know what's coming next. That's right. So now with AI architects, what's the adaptability? methods here. Yeah. So that's
1: a great segue because what we're doing now with AI architects is helping the enterprise adopt AI technologies in a way that uh, I call it closest to money, right? Take on the projects that will provide the best value and those projects. They're sure they can be about cost savings, but really they're more about uh, better productivity higher quality deliverables, depending on the type of the organization and enabling people to be their very best. If I narrow down to a a specific type of AI, just think about the large language models and what's happening today in the world of GPTs, augmenting teams, augmenting individuals, contributors that are already good at their job with tools to make them better and to make them significantly more productive will help organizations use these technologies in a way that is not disruptive, but it is in a way that enables them to be better. There are disruptive technologies coming out now that are going to fundamentally change certain jobs. But the way I see it now, segueing from the story I just told, is that everything is about people and making people better and having people in the right seats. And so with AI architects, that's what we're doing. We're helping businesses with their people, making them better. So is that people, is that using AI to assist with that? Sure. So it would depend on the company, right? So if you think about it, how, think about an organization, right? You have a accounting finance department. You have, maybe you have a call center, you have a marketing department, sales, maybe you have legal, you have some form of operations that is delivers the service you do or creates the product you create. And in each one of those, AI can help in different ways. If it's financials, it might be about interpreting financial data, either external third-party financial data where you're predicting things or internally, just understanding your own financials over time and where you're trending. If it's marketing, it's augmenting the copywriting effort and the content creation effort and, and. One of the things that we do is use AI in search engine optimization, right? Using the AI tools to make your SEO just that much better. If it's a call center, it's making fewer agents significantly more productive where the front line is chats that are trained on all the company manuals, all those things that you teach the agents to do, you train the chats on that first, and then you escalate to the human, so you make those call centers significantly more productive. So, pre- department by department has different ways that the AIs can improve it. And that's why we look for closest to the money, depending on the type of business. It uh, depends on where the, the value is or the benefit is to that business, um, whether it's cost savings or increased revenue or some other area.
0: You're looking at AI as we should all supplement or at least large corporations should be supplementing to just make the people even more effective. That's right. It's a way to
1: make everybody more effective. It's rising tides raise all ships. We're in a world right now where the tide is rising because everyone has access to this. Now you and I are having a conversation right now. I would fully imagine that this video at some point will get transcribed automatically and summarized and presented in a blog post. That could be 100% automated today. That's not even special technology. Makes But Just a few years ago, we would have had to do that manually.
0: Yeah. And it will be, and that's exactly what will happen with this episode today. So it shows how much faster we can produce that result. Absolutely. Absolutely. And you think about other
1: efficiencies. I'll give you an example. Our company, we have employees that we have healthcare benefits, things like that. And we had a a challenge with our health insurance provider that we needed to overcome with them. And well, I don't need to get into details of what the challenge was, but I, what I did do is rather than do the usual thing where I write the letter that goes to them, because you physically had to mail a letter, you couldn't just email them. I actually used a GPT to help craft that. I told it what the intention of the letter was. I told it what its role was in it. I gave it a really well thought out prompt because that's what makes those successful. And I had it write the, the first letter. And then I of course made some minor edits myself to make it personalized. And then for the second letter, I had, I fed it the GPT, the first letter, and told it what I wanted to get from the second letter and how to do that. What is that? That's just an example of making me just a little bit more efficient. Rather than spending an hour of my day writing a letter, I spent 10 minutes on doing it. I'm just a little bit more efficient. And everybody, every single knowledge worker that's working today is going to be more productive and more efficient in doing what they do. At a better level and a lot of the tedious work will
0: be pushed to the side to to a co-pilot john if our listeners want to get in touch with you or your company how can they do so you can always email me directly
1: i imagine this could be in their show notes at jrnot at aiarchitects.com you could also go to aiarchitects.com you can find me on linkedin i'm on linkedin as john arnott ii as in john arnott second. and i i'm one of those people on linkedin that pretty good about connecting with people. So if somebody messages me in LinkedIn, I
0: will likely connect back with them. Thank you, John, for coming on the show. And thank you, everybody, for listening to another episode of Failing to Success. Make sure to smash that subscribe button. I'm your host, Chad Kalecki, and we'll see you next time.